0: This is a HeadGum Podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to the Babysitter's Club Super Club. My name is Tanner Greenring and I like it a debunky. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Babysitter's Club Super Club. My name is Jack Shepard
0: and I like it a debunky. Uh, oh, you love a debunky parallel construction. They're not just super. <laughs> Not just special. They're not just super, They're not just special, they the super specials. Why do you uh, think about the situation in the Soviet Union?
1: Glasnost specifically. Now, I was under the impression that the Soviet Union dissolved about twenty-eight years ago. Personally, I'm worried about the greenhouse effect. Uh, specifically on the Soviet Union? Or, Ugh, Let's not take our conversation tips from Claudia and Terry anymore.
0: <laughs> um, how do you enjoy eating uh, bugs? Yeah, <laughs> Claudia eats snails. Claudia goes wild this week, Super Babies. She meets us an intelligent boy, a clever boy. He seems a little bit like a ding-dong, though. Oh, I loved him. Yeah, you would. And he is fascinated by glasnost, the
1: greenhouse effect. Mollusk. Uh, escargot. I call them a bug. They're not a bug. They're a mollusk.
0: Can I read the passage? We're jumping right into it. Can I read the passage where Claudia eats snails? Yeah. It's very good. It's a highlight. So, I said, as another waiter placed glasses of water in front of us, what do you think about the situation in um, the Soviet Union? Glasnost? was Terry's reply. Glasnost? What was that? Uh, yeah, glassnosed, I said. Well, I'm not sure yet. I think the countries that are gaining their independence are going to be in for a tough time, don't you? Oh, definitely, I replied. Terry waited for me to go on, but of course I had nothing to say. Luckily, I was saved by Terry. Personally, I'm worried about the greenhouse effect. Terry was worried about problems with greenhouses? What could be wrong with greenhouses? Dinner arrived, and... Guess what the waiter put down in front of me? A whole plate of snails. I am not kidding. You know those slugs that slime around in gardens? Well, that was what was on the plate, except that they were in shells and smothered by some kind of sauce. I almost said, excuse me, but there's been a mistake. I don't know how it happened, but you've got a snail problem in your kitchen. Claudia, you know better. We
1: have failed to introduce the show, Tanner. Mm Mm-mm. I did introduce the show. I said, my name is Tanner Greenring. Well, you really threw me off, because I'm the one who normally says that. I like a debonkey.
0: Okay, fine. My name is Jack Shepard. This is Baby Su- Club Super Club and I like a debonkey.
1: you love it a bonkey.
0: This week th- we're a podcast where we talk about the super specials of of uh oh shit of the Pro Ocean Princess, the Space Mountain, the Fast-Fingered Swordman, The Squall, and mm. The Knife Martin, Frugal Master. And this week we're talking about a super special that is called California Girls. Sure. There's only two California girls in this novel. Dawn. Well, no, there's a okay. lot of California girls. There are only two California girl babysitters from the East Coast in this okay. novel. Dawn.
1: Dawn and Mallory. Mallory. Yeah. She transforms herself like she, she, Kafka's metamorphosis uh uh-huh. she goes to bed one night and she wakes up the next morning and she is a california girl i very badly want
0: to see a rendition of what she looked like because nobody so mallory d-
1: dyes her hair blonde well and hodges doesn't do us any fucking favors no, fucking hodges what the fuck she's on the cover of the book but it's not new california girl mallory it's old boring mallory i can't uh, blonde haired mallory and
0: she's like Caking herself in mascara and yeah. other other makeups. And she like she spends all the time in the bathroom, which angers the other girls. Right, because they want to also cake on makeup and yeah. hair dyes. But nobody has anything nice to say to her. I, you know what? I think it's
1: bullying. Did you ever dye your hair? Yeah, I used to dye my hair blonde occasionally. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it was cool. It was what we did back then. Yeah. We can't be blamed. Yeah. I bet it looked very cool on you poking up through your upside down visors. I posted a picture on Facebook this week. Did you? Somebody unearthed with my
0: visor, my fucking sullen expression. Yeah. I had this like cool fucking
1: Diodora track jacket. Very cool. And Jinko's ov. Obviously. Yeah. Um, you would have had a I did dye my hair blonde, bleach bleached it a few times, but it <laughs> mm-hmm. was hard to see under my um bucket hat. Oh, Tanner, no. Which I wore almost every day.
0: I want to know what Mallory looks like, because nobody has a single nice thing to say to her. It must have looked terrible.
1: Yeah, they all are just kind of like, oh. Oh. <laughs> wow. She spends all of her money. You look so different. Yeah. All these girls have a crisis while they're in California. They all confront something.
0: I think, yeah, Anne likes to do this with the super specials. Each of the girls, with two, I think, notable exceptions, face
1: their fears this week. I think every single one of them do. I think California is like it. It is a manifestation of these girls' fears.
0: Yeah, and it has happened in a previous super special in the camp one. Like, the lake manifested their fears. And here now it's the great lake that we call the Pacific Ocean is manifesting.
1: Right. So Marianne— That's a beautiful, beautiful turn of phrase there. The great lake we call the Pacific Ocean. Yeah. Oh, wow. I think there's—I'm
0: thinking about it a little bit more deeply now, and I'm realizing that, like, it's specifically a problem because an ocean
1: is not a lake, and it's not, like, about size. Yeah, no. But wow, what a turn of phrase. The Great Lake we call the Pacific Ocean. Yeah. Very touching.
0: Should we dwell on that? Because it was just a way of getting to... It was, it was a, a bridge.
1: A bridge between thoughts. No, I know. And it was a really good one. And I just wanted to commend you. Thank you. On your wordcraft. I appreciate it. But
0: Marianne has this well we'll we'll have to get I think we should describe the novel first and then let's dive back into these fears because catalog I think it's a, the fears. a really really good way of talking about what these girls go through and this is fascinating text. Okay. What I'd like to do is I'd like for you to describe the novel extemporaneously in a kind of free form jazz like way that is also
1: extremely articulate and okay. polished. And you want me to do it just like now without any yeah. forethought?
0: Off the cuff, no forethought.
1: Okay. But it's got to sound extremely polished. Okay. Okay. Like a studio pop song. Just like a lot of effect. Yes. Very carefully considered, very carefully crafted for maximum audience and maximum impact.
0: Yeah, focus tested. Okay.
1: You ready for that? you think you can handle that? Um, I'll do my best. I can't promise anything, but... All right, I'm going to cue up some music. Okay.
0: And uh, do your your jazz. Okay.
1: (sighs) When seven young women from Stony Brook, Connecticut, win big in the state lottery, they make plans to go on the trip of a lifetime to a place where the grass really is greener. A place that's warm, wet, and wild. A place so perfect, it almost seems like there's something in the water. These seven girls, so unforgettable in their daisy dukes and their sun-kissed skin, that the boys practically break their necks trying to creep a little sneak peek at them, could travel the world with their newfound riches. But nothing will come close to the Golden Coast. And once you party with them, you'll be falling in love. Los Angeles, Venice Beach, Palm Springs. For these girls and their friends, summertime is everything. Bikinis, zucchinis, martinis, no weenies. Just a king and his seven queenies. This is the story of the California girls. Their power is undeniable. They're fine, they're fresh, they're fierce, and they've got it on lock. West Coast represent. Now put your hands up. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Babysitter's Club, super special. Number five,
0: California. Once again, Tanner, a tour de force. The word play.
1: No, I know. the the weenie thing. Yeah, and that just came out of you, huh? Well, I had some I had some writers come in and help me this week actually. okay and that was that was actually uh, something that one of the writers I had he suggested that one. Okay. the weenies thing and you went with it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was like we were all just sitting in this in this room, and like the ideas were coming, and it felt really good at the time. Yeah, is this guy Calvin? I okay. like him. He's yeah. he's very cool. He smokes a ton of weed. Okay, he did the whole like martinis, no weenies, seven queenies thing. Yeah, that's great. You added the zucchinis part. No, that was him. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, great. And I had well, this woman, Catherine. She she did a lot of the work on the other stuff.
0: Well, I'm glad you're taking a victory lap on that, which may be the the best description we've ever heard of one of these novels. It really gave our readers an insight, our viewers, our listeners an insight into what happened in this fascinating text. Yep. There's not much left for me to do here. Yeah, no. Catherine and Calvin and I really covered it all. But I think I can probably cobble a few little pieces together to help people understand what happened in this novel. I would like 90 seconds to do that.
1: I'll give you ninety seconds. Do you actually want me to time it this week, or just yeah? Could you actually time it this week? Okay, ninety second timer. Oh, there's something here called ninety second keto bread. <laughs> At where? When I searched, when I did a search for ninety second timer on Google, what? Can not you just search timer and put ninety seconds on it? No. When you do a search for ninety second timer, it just pops up a timer, and you just hit start in five. Oh shit! Okay. Four. Oh, shit! Shit! shit. Three, okay.
0: Okay, the girls, the babysitters are in Stony Brook and there's a the lotto's about to hit big and they all decide they're going to split a ticket and guess what? They fucking literally win the lotto. They win $10,000. They s- decide to split the money and go to California. They all go to California and they have different and and stay with Carol and Miss and Jack Schaefer. Dawn is fighting with Carol uh, because she thinks that Carol is, like, too cool and too acting like she's one of the girls and not, like, a mom, which bothers Dawn. Uh, Mallory is having her own trouble. She gets a makeover, dyes her hair blonde, and she, like, isn't authentic and it's a real fucking issue. Stacy falls in with some crime surfers, like like a— gang of surf criminals and yeah. they do bad driving and uh dangerous surfing save stacy gets good at surfing but it's a real problem and then eventually they get in a car crash um claudia uh dates this boy who's too smart um and Ding she dong. has real issues with this boy called terry uh and she's Also being inauthentic and trying to pretend that she's smarter than she is, but eventually they do kissing, so it's all okay. Marianne is babysitting a girl called Steffi who has asthma, and Marianne has to confront her fears of being too uh, constricted by her father. Jesse is contemplating a film career after visiting the superb rat on set, and Jeff is the biggest deadhead of them all. It all works out when
1: Carol... Beep, 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 beep. Stop talking, stop talking, stop talking.
0: When Carol goes to the hospital and acts like a mom instead of, instead of like a friend.
1: And that's what happens when you don't finish in time. Carol dies.
0: And and Dawn realizes that Carol is actually maybe cooler
1: than she thought. The end. California girls. <sighs> They're undeniable. They're
0: undeniable. Fine,
1: fresh, fierce. They've got it on lock. That sounds familiar. Yeah. It's a Katy Perry song.
0: Oh, really? Oh, that's yeah. cool. Oh, that's so fucking weird because it also sounded like parts of your description.
1: Oh, did it? Oh. Oh. Uh. I don't remember well enough, but yeah. Okay. I think it was just coincidence. Okay. Uh I think I got it all. I think you got most of it. I love that you hit the Deadhead stuff. The Deadhead hard. stuff was fun. I I panicked <laughs> at the end. <laughs> Jeff
0: <laughs> Jeff Dawn's brother Jeff has like a subplot. Jeff is great in this book. He like hates that all these girls are there. Yeah. And they keep being like, Jeff, you wanna go to Disney World with us? And he's like,
1: Ugh. F- fucking girls why would i fly to florida with you to go to disney world disneyland i don't Jack, know i don't give you a talk. shit
0: fuck your disney i just don't care do you, you want to go to the disney thing that's in california with us um and he ends up having to tag along with him because he's having a fight with his best friend rob about which of the two
1: of them is the biggest grateful dead fan yeah <laughs> and ultimately i think the the fight is resolved when they discover that Rod's brother is the biggest deadhead. He's actually a huge deadhead. So the superb rat is back. Let's talk about these fears because we promised our listeners that we would. Okay, let's go through all seven girls. Christy is afraid of competition. She's afraid of being supplanted. She's afraid. Yes, she's afraid of the We Heart Kids Club. Oh man, and the We Heart Kids
0: Club—true to form, no fuss, no muss, no rules, just right. They're not into confrontation. They're just like trying to give advice, and Christy oversteps her fucking bounds.
1: Marianne is afraid of her own mortality. So Steffi has asthma. I don't. Steffi think... is a simulacra. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Of Marianne.
0: Is... Yeah. So Steffi is the same fucking situation. Her mom died when she was young. Her father is overbearing, and she has asthma. Mar- I think Marianne doesn't know what asthma is. Yeah. I think Anne maybe doesn't know what asthma is because it's like not that big of a deal. Marianne thinks it like acts like she's like fucking unbreakable. What whatever the opposite of unbreakable
1: is. She's incredibly fragile. Mr. Glass is the opposite. Mr. Glass, that's who I was thinking of. Right. She's afraid of her own mortality. She's afraid of how delicate she is. Yeah. That's Marianne. Marianne's afraid of herself and every all of her shortcomings. And Is a real fucking weenie zucchini throughout this whole novel. Oh, yeah. She's definitely a weenie zucchini. That's from your description, man. No, I I know. I know. Claudia is afraid of being intellectually overshadowed. Perceived as dumb. Uh
0: This guy, Terry, amazing. What a fucking character. He's so interesting. I wish that there would be more. They do kissing in the end, and Terry says, I love you. And I think
1: Claudia really grows to love him as well.
0: Yeah, he speaks French, he speaks Italian. He's interested in the former Soviet Soviet Union. Union,
1: Greenhouse effect, climate change. What a guy. Weirdly, like, movies from the golden era of Hollywood. Do you think that he's actually like a 50-year-old man? He kind of seems like a 50-year-old man, yeah. Is that possible? Do they ever say how old Maybe. he is? They never actually say how old he is, but they do say that his mom drives them around a lot. That still tracks. Yeah, I've started. I have a new view of Terry. I think he's like a, a old man who lives with his mom. He was particularly interested in seeing photos of Claudia's grandmother. Oh, that's true. So at some point, Claudia's like, Janine, who gives Claudia
0: some good advice, and it's like, Claudia, just be yourself, man. Don't, like, try to pretend that you're fucking super smart with this dude. Be yourself. And so Claudia's, like, way of doing that is she's like, all right, Terry. She gets super nervous. She's like, Terry, I'm not as interested in Glasnos as you thought I was. What I'm interested in is, like, celebs. Let's go see where Harrison Ford lives. And he's like, I'm
1: interested in celebs as well. (laughs) I love all the the good celebs, like Abbott and Costello. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And he's like, oh, Cary Grant lived here? Where else did the vaudeville stars live? (laughs) That was my time (laughs) for Hollywood. So I think this is a 50-year-old man, and it's now changed my view. And it's very progressive of – well, it actually tracks with Claudia, too, right? Because at Camp Mohawk, she was into a boy her age called Will.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Well, nobody fucking thinks about Will anymore.
1: At the Lester Lounge, she was into a man in his late 20s, early 30s called Guy. Guy who had a family, yeah. And now she's interested in a 50-year-old man called Terry. Yeah. Terrence, Terry and Terrence are both, is also kind of an old man's name, too. Um, I can't wait to see who she dates next week. I know. Maybe just a, a dead ghost. Ooh,
0: that could be good. That could be good. Well, so I wanna we have a segment for this.
1: But that's called Do we I don't know how we do it. I don't know the segment you're about to introduce. It's it's like Bring me in. Bring me in. Invite me in. Hey Tanner.
0: This week were you in any way (laughs)
1: Oh okay. Right? Tara, I'm feeling thirsty. Maybe there's like a slow bubbling, like you're in a cauldron, like we're all in a cauldron, and then you say immersed in thirst, and it like the song breaks in, and you hear something go ah.
0: So, this is our segment for when we talk about times during the novel when we had a, uh, felt like we were going to hashtag a swoon. Okay. It's called immersed in thirst. And I was going to say, so I have Terry in this segment.
1: You've got Terry. Because he's Terry fyingly cute. Tanner. Oh boy. That's what you that's what you say? Yeah. What do you want to say? Not
0: that. Bo is mine. Okay, so I'll just read this passage. Claude continued to stare the boy was good looking, jet black hair, dark eyes like Claude's, and a serious, handsome face. He was about her age, and he was sitting all alone reading a thick book.
1: That does not sound.
0: That does not make me hashtag swoon. Are you serious? Think about yeah. this: jet black
1: hair, dark eyes like Claude's. He's reading a thick book. I think this is maybe a you type versus me type kind of thing because it's just like I am dry as a bone over here. <laughs> <laughs> I am not immersed in thirst. Really? I am. Uh, what rhymes with desert? No, I, no, 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 so Let's think about it the other way. I think probably— 10, or it goes to Rhyme Zone.
0: No, it's never successful. I think that the way you should think about it is if you're not
1: thirsty, you're satiated. No, it's it, but I'm not satiated. Well, then you're thirsty. I'm not thirsty either. There's a third state here, which is—
0: What? No, there's not. Do you want another water? No, thanks. That's what, That's who you are. So stop looking up rhymes for desert. It's not going to help you. It's going to it's going to hurt our podcast if you keep doing this. I'm filling airtime for you to eventually come back with a thing that's going to be bad and also won't make sense as an opposite for thirst. The opposite look up hopefully you're looking up rhymes for satiation. I'm hurt in the desert. You're hurt in the desert sounds like you're thirsty. Doesn't it? I'm not thirsty. I'm dry as a bone. Okay, fine. What about when he takes her to go see um she
1: calls it il Tantorino de Buono Godo. <laughs> it's weird that Claudia knows enough Italian yeah. to make a joke in Italian. Do you know
0: like No, that's not it's 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 nonsense. I mean it, yeah, it's nonsense. Okay. You speak Italian. Yes. And a this little is bit. Mostly nonsense. There's the word for good is in there. But Here's an issue. This comes up a few times. So
1: Marianne doesn't know what asthma is. Sure. I don't think that Claudia knows what subtitles are. Yeah, she was very conf- like she was very confounded by this movie with words on it. So we go into the theater, sit down, the movie comes on and the entire thing is in Italian.
0: If you wanted to know what was going on, you had to read the English words that were written across the bottom of the screen. Well, not only couldn't I read fast enough to catch all the words, but the story made no sense to me. It was just a lot of people bicycling around the Italian countryside.
1: That sounds like a nice movie. I think it's The Bicycle Thief. Yeah. I think it's probably The Bicycle Thief. Don't you Have think? you seen it? Yeah. It takes place in Rome is the one thing. It's weird like Italian neorealism. Okay. I can Google too. I'm not Googling. It's probably some other specific kind of thing. I was just trying to sound smart. <laughs> they probably went and saw The Bicycle Thief. It's a story of a dad and his son and they steal bicycles. I think
0: he's a 50-year-old man. I know that they say that he's about Claudia's age.
1: Maybe he's a 15-year-old man in a boy's body. Maybe he's the monster. Oh, Benjamin Button. Oh, Benjamin Button. He's Benjamin Buttoning. He's Benjamin Buttoning, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah, yes. This is definitely... Well, when did... Let me look up real quick. Bicycle Thief came out in 1948. Yeah. So this was probably a movie that he saw as a boy. Yeah. Okay. So if he was... Let's say he's 13 in 1948. How old does that make him now? in 1990. If he was 13 in 1948, so he was born in 1935. So he's a 55-year-old man in a 13-year-old boy's body.
0: Have I told you that my joke that I used to do to people when we first had our child? No. When he was like 1 month old, like that people would be like, "Oh my god, he's so cute. How old is he?" And I would be like, "Oh, he's just 1 month old." And they'd be like, "Oh, congratulations." And I'd be like, "No, he's he's Benjamin Buttoning." <laughs> this is actually my father. <laughs> no it's not it's not it's nothing
1: to celebrate <laughs> he's actually Benjamin Button he's on his deathbed he can't even, he can't even move on his own anymore it's good it's good it really stops people in their tracks <laughs> we didn't finish these girls yeah I can't remember where we stopped Claudia is afraid of being overshadowed by people who are more intellectual yeah Mallory fears herself Mallory fears herself. She fears complacency. She and she so she is trying to escape
0: who she is. And what she becomes is something terrifying. Something unrecognizable. This California girl. I think that Dawn also
1: has a fear which is not being the like coolest most casual person in the room. You uh that's actually that so I had Dawn's fear down as losing touch with her California identity. Right. And Carol is a threat to that, to both
0: right, to both of those things. Because Carol because Carol
1: is cool. Yeah, she's super California casual. Yeah, and she's taking over for Don's role in the family, in the patriarchy. Right. Exactly. That is the the Schaefer California household.
0: Now, I think that there are two people who have a positive vision. I think that Jesse and Stacy have a positive vision. Nope. Okay, you're wrong. Stacy. Is her best self in this novel? She's free. It's what we always knew. Stacy really wanted. If it hadn't been for the strength of Claudia and Christy, Stacy would have been a crime girl. She would have been doing wine crimes, doing car crimes,
1: living a life of crime and just being wild and free out there. Stacy is afraid of dying young. Right. Stacy is afraid of life. Right. She's afraid of living. She's afraid of adventure. She's afraid of getting out of her comfort zone because she is suffering from diabetes, which is why she embraces this dark side sometimes. She embraces death. And she comes the closest to it of all the girls in this book. It's she a- gets in a multi-car pileup on like Superbabies, it's the fucking 405.
0: Intense. So, she falls in with these criminals.
1: Can we agree that they're Crime Boys, Crime Girls, they're surf criminals? Yeah. They're like the people from Point Break. Point Break.
0: Yeah, exactly. And all they want to do is commit speeding crimes,
1: surf crimes, surf crimes. I assume bank crimes. Yeah, I assume drugs and alcohol crimes. They don't get into it, but these Bo, guys. Bo, awesome. who's my thir- my. So the, when I was immersed in thirst this week, it was over. Bo. Oh
0: yeah. Let's. So we're still in that segment. So what we're in a lot of
1: segments right now. We're pretty deep. Yeah,
0: it's funny that we're talking about crimes, but we're not even in a court segment. Our court segments don't even cover
1: the crimes that happen in this novel. The conspiracy goes so deep. Welcome to the crime zone. Who's the driver? Asked Dawn, frowning as she peered through the front door. She opened the door to see better. Don't be so obvious, I hissed. Then I added, I don't know. I haven't seen him before. Oh, well, he looks nice. I'll see you guys at the beach in a little while, okay? Okay, replied Dawn. I ran to the car and squeezed myself into the back seat with Rosemary Carter and the surfboards. Hey Stacy. Oh sorry, this is a girl's voice. Hey Stacy, said <laughs> Alana, turning around. This is very good. This is Bo <laughs> Bo, I repeated. As in B E A U spelled Bo. You know, a real romantic guy. Well, Bo was named all wrong. He should have been called wild. I'm sure glad Carol couldn't see our drive to the beach. Bo would gun the accelerator every time we approached a red light. I almost said, I thought a yellow light meant slow down, not speed through the intersections before the light changes to red. But I kept my mouth shut. No one likes a backseat driver. Bo, he's wild. He's wild. He's wild. So
0: I agree with you, and I'm walking through the desert right now, and I just saw a tall drink of water, and it's Bo.
1: Right, but it's a mirage, Jack, because Bo's a a, cry, a surf crime boy. Yeah, he's a very, very bad boy. Bo
0: makes Stacy feel alive with his driving.
1: Yes. But it's very bad driving. It's very bad driving, and he eventually gets in a car wreck and almost kills Stacy.
0: And Stacy loses all of her crime friends because she refuses to lie about the cause of the car wreck. Well, and then she's forbade from ever seeing them again. But it's a moot point because they're like super pissed at her because Bo is like, Bo, this guy has fucking ice running in his veins because let me describe this pileup because it's not like it's, it's, it's pretty serious. What I saw is I slid across the seat and climbed outside. I can only describe as an accident scene, three crushed cars and a crushed truck, ambulances in a fire truck, screaming to a halt and about a thousand police cars. This is a massive accident. They cause they total the car. Stacy can't even get out because the doors are sealed. It's shut. just been like crunched around. They're worried right? the car is going to explode. And Bo is just like, he's still like being sarcastic. And it's yeah. just like, let's all lie and say that guy cut me off. Right. And everybody does except, Stace. except Stacey. Except
1: Stacy and Paul.
0: And this guy Paul, but whatever to Paul.
1: I'm, so I still, I just realized as you're reading that, I'm still yeah. on the Wikipedia page for Ladri di Biciclette. Yeah. It is also one of the top 10 among the British Film Institute's list of films you should see by the age of 14. So it's right there. Like, this boy definitely saw this film when he was 13, and now he's Benjamin Buttoning. Yeah. And now Claudia has seen it at 13 as well. Oh, man. They played right into the British Film Institute's hand. Just in big British films pocket, as usual. Uh, The last one I've got is Jessie, who is afraid of harming her carefully curated... Or carefully manicured life in ballet.
0: So this is a plot point I wasn't able to hit as hard as I wanted to in my excellent ninety second rundown, which I was never complimented on. But I,
1: I think know. I managed to get it in my rundown. Mm, I so. don't think so. You know, zucchini
0: bikini. Is that it? No weenies. Yeah. Yeah. S- the superb rat is back. Yes. What? Astonishing. The superb rat is back, and Tanner. Let me remind you of something. Okay. When we read Jesse and the Superb Rat, it was about a young boy called Derek who had this evil alter ego known as... Waldo. John. Oh, right. Waldo is another one of his... And Derek is in a show called PS162, which, allow me to refresh your memory, we discovered on air while we were talking about Jesse and the Superb Rat. Is a reference to Luke one sixty two, which goes on the eighth day when they came to circumcise the child, they were going to name him after his father Zechariah, but his mother replied, "No, he shall be called John." John, yes. they said to her. I think that this was presaged in Babysitters Club Super Special Number One, Babysitters on Board. Okay. When we were introduced to a character called Old Bad.
1: Oh John. John. Let's play the theme music. Let's play the theme music now. Okay. Wow. Very spooky. Yeah. Good thing one of us made that and decided to save it yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: so th- now we're, we're starting to get some traction here in the super specials because
1: old bad john was brought up and then it was just a loose end we even wrote a song we wrote a song but we wrote it was almost the joke with that was hey let's put a lot of time and effort into writing us like making a song and uh a very complex intro for this, knowing that we would never come back to it ever again in our lives. But here we are again, because, because here Old we are. Bad John is back. And what happens? Stacy almost dies. Stacy almost dies. All the girls are forced to confront their darkest fear. This is it. Yeah, This is it. The super brat, Old Bad John, mm. this is the thing that they're fighting against. This is the thing that manifests all their fears. Right. But all of them... They do exactly what those kids and it did. Right. And they all stand up to their fears. Yeah. Christy confronts the fact that the We Heart Kids Club were right about these two rascal boys she invited to Universal Studios. Yeah. Dawn has a heart to heart with Carol and admits that she has respect for her. Yeah. Stacy turns her back on a life of surf crimes. Yep, And admits the truth about the car wreck. Mallory dyes her hair back to red. Jesse turns away from a life of acting. To dedicate herself to ballet. Right. And Marianne.
0: Marianne's just whinging throughout this novel. Helps
1: someone through an asthma attack. Sure. Marianne learns what asthma is. She's so afraid of asthma in this book. And then the girl, Steffi, has an asthma attack. And she's like, oh, this isn't so bad. You just need to take a hit off your puffer.
0: Yeah. (laughs)
1: I don't know, Marianne.
0: I feel like I've lost touch with Marianne. I've lost touch with what it was that made me such a fan of Marianne when I first read these books as a young boy. Did
1: you know that, Tanner? I read these books as a young boy. I've heard. Marianne is terrified of flying. That's something you guys have in common. Something the three of us have in common.
0: Oh, but she gives you a way of talking about it that
1: I think you should use. What is that?
0: Oh, no, it's Dawn. Marianne is like, oh, I'm afraid of flying. Are you afraid of flying? Don and Don says no i'm afraid of crashing
1: oh yeah that's funny yeah no i'm afraid of all of it i mean ultimately at the bottom of it it's i'm afraid of crashing but i don't like any of it
0: yeah this is a third thing that is just like a massive oversight in this novel and doesn't understand how jet lag works <laughs>
1: yeah i've been to la many times in my life yeah i would say maybe at least once or twice a year for the last six years yeah i've gone to la and the nicest thing about going coming from the east coast to la is waking up fully refreshed and feeling great at five in the morning and going for a run
0: my brother-in-law has a cool mnemonic to help you remember how it's going to be when you're traveling with jet lag can i repeat it for you yeah tell me fell in love with this travel to the east party like a beast yeah travel to the west the boss will be impressed
1: yeah, that's good. Isn't it good? It breaks down. Having traveled to Tokyo and Sydney. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, once you hit the other you side. You hit a certain threshold where that no longer applies. Oh, that's when you're hooked on synchro. But
0: so here's what Anne says. So then we flew for five hours or so, but when we got to California, it was only about two o'clock on the West Coast. It felt like five o'clock to my friends and me,
1: though. Oh, wow. Whoa! What? <laughs> I could eat dinner in a couple hours.
0: That's like how the, I'm
1: feeling. The distinction between 2 o'clock and 5 <laughs> o'clock is
0: not particularly ingrained. But anyway, and when we went to bed at 10.30 that night, it felt like one thirty to our poor, confused bodies. So we slept later than we meant to the next morning. No. Not and we're all works. kind of groggy for a
1: while after we got up. Not no. It works. Do
0: you think Anne has ever left Princeton, New Jersey? No.
1: No. She, she has she's, no idea. She has because we saw her in New York once, but that's it.
0: Yeah. She's never left the East Coast. She does not know. Right. She just like, re- she looked up jet lag.
1: Yeah. Um. Speaking of jet lag, this episode has gotten me feeling jet lag, Jack. Are you trying to do a segue? Do you know what I mean? Are you trying to do a segue to a break? And I would love to take a break to go pee. That's your jet lag here? Yeah. Just go pee.
0: For some reason, I was thinking about the beginning of Die Hard, where the guy tells John McClane to take off his shoes and socks and make balls with his toes in the carpet. Are you not that familiar with Die Hard? I thought you were gonna not, come with me on this. Not Die Hard that
1: familiar. <laughs>
0: that's my number one. It
1: occurred favorite. to me as you said that. Like I know one of the big plot points of Die Hard is that he doesn't wear shoes and socks and he has to yeah. walk across broken glass. Yeah. And once you said that, I was like, why wasn't he wearing shoes that's and socks? That's why.
0: That's that's the whole thing. Die Hard and Running Man are two movies that my dad waited till my mom had gone to sleep and then came and woke me up and was like, You need to see this. That's cool. When I was a young lad. Um, and we recorded it off pay per view, and I watched it. Running Probably Man is bad, but uh,
1: no, it's <laughs> Die Hard is. Fuck
0: kinda... you, fuck you, goodbye. Running Man is so bad.
1: He hung up on me this time, baby nation. He took off his headphones in a huff, and he got up and walked away. All right, goodbye, Jack. I feel bad. Okay. We were just on the break, and we were talking about the fact that my recap at the beginning of the episode, Mm -hmm. through pure coincidence, Mm -hmm. had a lot of similarities with Katy Perry's California Girls. Yeah, which I didn't notice at the time, but
0: now that you have laid it out for me, it's pretty clear. It was
1: sheer coincidence. I know there was a lot of similarities, but... And you'd never heard the song, right? I've never heard the song, and I was hoping... I could maybe just kind of take another quick run at it, okay? Because I'm just so embarrassed about this, and obviously I didn't intend this. Could get us into a lot of trouble. This is the thing, like, because during the break we consulted with our legal team, right? And they were upset. Your grape guy was upset. My grape guy was really upset. Yeah, Scholastic lawyers really upset.
0: Yeah, um, and so we're gonna try to just make this right. <clears throat>
1: Can I take another quick run at it? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to begin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we can just go patch this over. Yeah. East Coast girls, like the girls from the Babysitter's Club, are hip. I really dig those styles they wear. And the Southern girls, with the way they talk, they knock me out when I'm down there. The Midwest farmer's daughters really make you feel all right. And the Northern girls, with the way they kiss, they keep their boyfriends warm at night. But I wish they all could be California girls. Okay. Babysitter's Club, super special, number five, California girls. Great. Is that better? Yeah, no, that seems much better. And it's very descriptive of this novel. It's definitely not plagiarism in any way. No. That is 100% original work, trademark, Tanner, Green Ring, Babysitter's Club, Super Club. Yeah. We should probably actually get that trademarked. Any resemblance to an existing Beach Boys song is purely coincidental. Mm -hmm. So now we're good. Good. Okay. Nailed it. Tanner, each
0: week in these novels, and introduces
1: the monster and the beast. A monster
0: and a beast.
1: Okay. Now, here's my worry, Jack, is mm. when we decided that this was a thing that definitely was going to happen and something we were definitely going to pay attention to and find each week, I believe you express concern that this would be difficult to maintain yeah but the thing is if it's in the text it's in the text if it's in the text it's in the text i would say that i am despite my experience with these books i am still a lay person yeah when it comes to the babysitter's club yeah i have merely scratched the surface any of of these books yeah
0: that's all any of us can do there's so much
1: So what I'm trying to say in a roundabout way is that I found a beast, but I did not find a monster. Let's hear it. Hey, look, exclaimed Stacy. We're going to get a movie on this trip. There's a screen. I wonder what we're going to see. It's an old classic, spoke up the flight attendant, who happened to be passing by. I hope you like Alfred Hitchcock. We're showing Hitchcock's famous film this month. It's called Vertigo. Thanks, said Stacy, as the stewardess passed by. Who's Alfred Hitchcock, asked Mallory. Who's Vertigo, asked Claude. But at that moment, the plane roared to life. Oh. So you think this plane is alive? I think this plane is alive. I think it's some kind of horrible metal raptor.
0: And it's taking them not to California, but to the great... Lake that we call the Pacific Ocean. The Pacific Ocean. Right.
1: So that they can confront their fears. And where they will confront their great fears, as happens in lakes. Right. Maybe in the course of reading that passage, I found the monster, though. Okay. okay. Vertigo. <laughs> Who's Vertigo? Asked Claudia. It's a good name for a supervillain. Yeah, for sure. Or like a G.I. Joe villain. Also, it's fucking rude to show Vertigo on a plane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a rough one. Do you have a monster that's not Vertigo? Um, here's what I've got. I got a couple. I think
0: that there's something that's inside Mal that changes her. Okay. Um, and it's a toad. Okay. Let me read you this
1: passage. And d- prepare yourself to be very frightened. When you say toad, do you mean toad stool from Mario Brothers? or No, toad?
0: obviously not. Okay. And it's not, t- yeah,
1: no. Okay. Do you think Stool is his last name? <laughs> well, a lot of people call him Toad.
0: Yeah, everyone calls him Toad. I didn't think of him as being Princess Toadstool. Let's not get into this. She's not called Princess Toadstool anymore. Yes, she, that was, oh, yes, she is. She's Princess Peach. Really? Yeah. Uh, how ancient is that intel that I have? Is it's very ancient. There? It's retconned. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: Like literally Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers 2 she's called Princess Peach. It's the next game they've already <laughs> changed her name. Okay, let me read you this passage.
0: And I just want you are you, are you prepared to be scared?
1: Um I, I guess it feels like a cool segment. Prepared to be scared? Maybe not. You know what? We always just kind of say very Tepidly, like, yeah. man, we've got a monster and a beast this week. Yeah. What if it's called Prepare to be Scared? Yeah. That's the name of the segment. Prepare to be scared. And then maybe it's like a heartbeat and like too fast. Yeah. And scary music. And then rah!
0: Uh, so prepare to be scared, uh, Baby Nation. Make sure you're sitting down.
1: I hope you're not carrying any hot liquids <laughs> or driving. If you have a pacemaker or you're pregnant, please skip ahead. Yeah. At the end of the segment, we will provide a 60-second tone. Yeah. <laughs> so you can just kind of skip ahead <laughs> with your pod catcher Yeah. and look for that tone. Yeah. And then you'll know it's safe. Okay. So I'm going to read this now.
0: This is Mel. So Jesse gets into an episode of PS One Six Two, right? And then she invites Mal along, and Mal is like, "Oh, I'm gonna get picked because now I'm a California girl because I have dyed blonde hair." And they're like, "Oh, we did an extra this week as well." And Mal's like, "Me, me, me!" And they're like, and the guy's like, "Uh, you
1: don't look right, right?" Because she's caked in makeup.
0: Yeah, he's like, and "Uh, sorry, mm, you don't look right for the part of being an extra in a crowd scene. Yeah, it's <laughs> just like a crowd." Uh, But it really fucks with her. And the following thing happens. I spent Tuesday morning and most of the afternoon continuing to mope around Dawn's house. I did read a little, but mostly I felt incredibly sorry for myself. I looked in the bathroom mirror about 95 times. You're ugly. I said. Oh, right. You're a chode. Right. Excuse me? I jumped a mile. Christy had appeared in the mirror behind me. The girls had returned and I'd been so busy being depressed that I hadn't heard them come in. I whirled around. Christy, you scared me to death. You're pretty scary yourself, Mallory. What do you mean? You're a toad.
1: So that is my monster this week. It's this... It's this... Toad. Monster that lives within Mallory, this alter ego called. She looks toad. in the mirror and she sees a toad. Now, wait a second. Yeah. Back to our previous theory. Mm. Maybe she sees a delightful little red capped boy mm. from the mushroom kingdom called Toadstool. With a mushroom hat for a head.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't think so. I don't think she'd be so upset. She saw that sweet little guy.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, so I think it's. She sees, ba- I think a, mo- she sees a monster.
0: She's a monster that's in- that's inside her, and when she looks in the mirror, into the mirror universe, that's what she sees.
1: I agree. I think we've nailed both of our monster and our beast this week. Mm-hmm. We're talking about this monster that inhabits Mallory, the toad. We were talking about the beast, the plane that roars to life. The winged beast that carries the girls to the Great Lake we call the Pacific Pacific Ocean. Ocean. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I have another segment I would like to talk to you about, something that we've done a few times now, where one of us is a legislator and one of us is a judge in the... (laughs) Cool, of, cool law. of law,
0: yes, yes. Court is in session.
1: Court is in session, babies gavel, and gavel, gentlemen. Gavel! Oh,
0: I'm so delighted. I'm so delighted. Super babies. This is the segment where we talk about what's cool and what's not cool, and the way we do it is
1: that we make amendments to the coolstitution here in the right. cool of law, and those amendments can either be ratified by the judge or over-cooled. or overcooled. The court is in session. Yes, and my name is, I am the district attorney, and my name is, who's someone cool, who's someone cool, who's someone cool?
0: Uh, Cary Grant. Cool, cool, cool,
1: cool, 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 cool. My name is mm, 1998 Colorado Avalanche power forward Patrick (laughs) Waugh. That is cool. But you got without a law degree? And I have a law degree now because I had to retire from hockey. Okay. Oh, wait. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) We've already covered. I just realized now that my cool of law, we've already covered very extensively. Okay. And it's the argument between Jeff and Rod to see who's the bigger deadhead. Do you want to read it out? Yes. Judge, I know that this is your honor. Yeah. Thank you. My opening statement, this case has received a lot of media attention recently. Judge Wayne Gretzky. Your Honor, Judge Wayne Gretzky. Your Honor, Judge Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. That's such a cooler hockey player than Patrick. (laughs) And it makes me angry. It makes me angry that that's such a cooler hockey player. Well,
0: that's why I'm a judge. I I did my time in the circuit courts just like anybody else. Your Honor.
1: I am. The Justin Noble, Wayne Gretzky, I (laughs) know that this case has gotten a lot of media attention lately, and you've probably heard about it. People of the jury, I know you've heard about this over and over again earlier in this episode, but... They haven't. We specifically select people who hadn't, so they wouldn't be tainted. Okay, well, if anyone's listening in to this proceedings today, just know, I recognize that you've probably heard about this case, you've probably heard about this amendment I want to make, but... Um, I would like to read a passage from this novel to you and submit it to the Constitution.
0: And for anyone who doesn't know, if this amendment is ratified, it will be
1: made as an amendment to the Constitution. Carol, do you know how to get to the mall? I think I remember, she replied. Is that what you really want to do today? Yes, I cried. Yeah, said Don and Christy. Yeah, spoke up another voice. We turned around. There was Jeff, looking glum. Me and Rob had a fight, he said pathetically. Over what? asked Carol. Over which one of us is the biggest deadhead? (laughs) So I humbly submit, Your Honor Wayne Gretzky, that it's cool to have an argument with your friend about who's the biggest deadhead. Ratified. Ratified. (laughs) Um, your honor oh okay sorry so this is a new gavel 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 this is a new court proceeding working through it it's like the third season of Serial you're an attorney what's your name I am an attorney
0: my name is um, uh, what's cool what's cool what's cool
1: Uh, Radiohead can I just quickly say that I called Patrick Waugh for it. He was the goalkeeper. Okay. I'll I just allow want to it. Clear that up. Uh you're the you're the you right- radio head.
0: Radiohead.
1: Okay. Yeah. And I am the right and honorable S- Stephen Malcolmus. Call play. <laughs> I already okay. said Stephen Malcolmus. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> Stephen Malcolmus from Pavement. Yeah, And Stephen Malkmus in The Chicks. Sure. And most recently,
1: uh, Circuit Court Judge. Yep. You don't need to list my own credits back to me. I'm sitting right here. Your Honor. You are Radiohead. I'm Radiohead. I'm actually Phil Selway, the drummer from Radiohead. Okay. The least
0: cool person <laughs> On that, but it's, but it's that cool ensemble. To, it's cool to know that. Sure. Your Honor... May I present to the court the f- following document? And I've, I've handed this, made this bailiff. available to the bailiff. It's a letter. Well, I'll have your honor enter into the record
1: that it's a letter. Um, yes. It's a letter. Yes. Uh, it's a letter from a man named Bart Taylor. Okay. And I'm seeing here a known alias as Bart Bashir. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: it's a letter to Christie. And it says the following. Dear Christy, so how are things in sunny California? If you see any cute girls, tell them Bart Taylor said hello.
1: Love ya, Bart. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> What's here's the here's everything that's cool about that. Yeah. Cucking Christy. <laughs> yeah. It's cool to say that. It's not cool to say that at all. But <laughs> that is what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. And then he follows it up immediately with, love ya. Love ya. Yeah.
0: So cool. Yeah, that's very cool. Um, and Chrissy later says that they're boyfriend and girlfriend, which I think is the first time we've actually heard that. Wow, once she's being cocked. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like you saying that
1: <laughs> at all, Your Honor. Well, I'm Stephen Malcolmis, and I can say whatever I want. I'm the, the lead singer the of Stephen Malcolm and the Jicks. Popular band. Okay, look, can I present another piece of evidence? Whoa, you have two? Yeah. Okay. It's about Bo. Bo peeled out Obama? of the beach. Obama? The Portuguese yeah, waterhound? No, obviously not. Okay. Different Bo. Bo from this novel. Okay.
0: Bo peeled out of the beach parking lot. He peeled out so fast that Paul said, Hey, slow down. I'd never heard Paul talk to Bo like that, especially considering that Paul does a fair amount of peeling out himself. Anyway, it was a good thing we had peeled out because Bo had turned right in front of an oncoming car. If he'd been driving any slower, we would have been hit. I decided Bo was a good driver who knew what he was doing. Great,
1: Stacy. <laughs> <laughs> good judgment call there, Stacy. I told him so. I'm an offensive driver. Very he cool. Proudly ratified, and yeah. also I hate to admit this—something yeah. I used to say with regularity when I was a driver. That's cool. When I was a teen driver in Colorado.
0: I was such a fucking dangerous teen driver.
1: My God. Oh, me too. You know one of, part of the reason I moved to New York City? Huh? Is so that I would never have to drive again. Because I was bad at it. I hated it. And I was only a couple points away from losing my license in Colorado. Same. I was so bad at driving. I was.
0: I would like to think that I was good at driving. But I used to drive my parents fucking like 1989 Ford Taurus. 100 miles an hour on the fucking beltway, like weaving in and out of traffic like a fucking
1: asshole with probably like six kids in my car, like smoking cigarettes. Right, smoking crystal meth. I once prided myself on getting all four wheels of my 1992 Buick Park Avenue <laughs> off the ground at once. <laughs> That's bad. Like Dukes of Hazard, I hit a bridge a little bridge in the countryside of Colorado so hard that all four of my tires left the ground. And like we landed and I was just like, that was the coolest thing I've ever done in my life. Ratified ratified
0: Tanner. Um, I know we don't have a segment for this, but I found a really good burn in this book. Can I just talk to you about it? I'm not sure I'm comfortable with this. What do you mean? Can I just tell you a, we burn? Don't have a segment? Well it doesn't need to and not everything needs to be in a segment. Can I just tell you this cool? But it burn helps people.
1: Does it? It helps familiarize people. It helps them like find a touchstone to attach to.
0: What if I just tell
1: you this burn? You want to do something court themed? I'm thinking about it. Court terms. Contempt of court. Burden of proof. No. You liked it for a half a second. For a second I liked it and then I hated it. <laughs> I just want to tell you this fucking sick burn I found. That's great. And I'm excited to hear about it, but the burden of proof is going to be on you. That's not good. You ready for this? What do you want from me, man? I just want to tell you this
0: burn. Okay. It's in a a letter, which I've recently learned you don't fucking read. It's in one of the written letters that are at the beginning of the chapters. Yeah. Uh, Super babies. I just learned that Tanner doesn't fucking read the. I especially didn't read them this
1: week because they're all like micro handwritten like postcards. They were really hard to read. This is from Logan.
0: Dear Marianne, by the time you get this postcard, it'll probably be Saturday. I hope you're doing something really fun. Are you going to Disneyland? It's kind of boring here. Hunter's allergies are bothering him and mom had to take him to the doctor. I babysat for Jenny Prezioso today. All she can talk about is the new brother or sister she's going to get. She wants to name it Yucky Toilet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Love Logan. <laughs> that is very good. <laughs> A very good burn. Yeah, Ratified. Burn on it, Andrea Prezioso. You've satisfied the burned in of proof. Good. Thank this you. This week. I have a burden of proof. <laughs> okay, fine. I don't love that this is a, this is a provisional
0: segment title.
1: <laughs> My burden of proof this week. Stop! Th- don't saying it over and over doesn't make it good. Is Mal and Jesse are at a taping of PS one ninety two. Mal ran to the director. <laughs> I'll be in the scene, she said. The director gazed at her. At last, he said, "Sorry." Um. I'd like to let you in this scene, but your looks aren't quite right. Mal just stared at him. Then she returned to me, crestfallen. He said, "My looks aren't right." How could, how could he mean that? I've never looked better. I'm a California girl. It was not the right time to tell Mal that that phrase has absolutely no meaning. <laughs> so instead, I just put my arm around her for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> is just, like, so t- caught up in being a California girl.
0: It's a state of mind, Mal. It's not about your f- fucking hair.
1: The burden of proof was on me, and I feel like I satisfied it. Yeah, you have satisfied it.
0: Yeah, Mal is a real tragic figure in this
1: novel. Well, don't make it sad. It's sad, man. She's trying to be something she's not, because she hates who she is. I feel like she probably looked pretty cool. I bet she looked California girl.
0: They studiously avoid complimenting her.
1: Yeah, no one says anything except Jesse, who's like, "It does not suit you."
0: Yeah, I think she looks fucking crazy. That's the unwritten story of this novel. I wish Anne would put a happy reading. I feel lost without a happy reading. I Anne, do too. I don't know what Anne's thinking. Sum this up for me,
1: man. Fucking tell me, tell me what to think about this, Anne. I don't know where she's coming from. I don't know where her head is at. What made you write this, Your Honor? Yeah, Wayne Gretzky. Mm. Are you the power forward for the Philadelphia Flyers? No, I'm the... Well, I could be Eric um, Lindros, the power forward for the Philadelphia Flyers. That is cool. Your Honor, I am the power forward for the 1999 Philadelphia Flyers, Eric Lindros. Okay. (sighs) Not to be weird, but may I approach the bench? Are you sad? Just feeling a little emotional and i would like to approach the bench please okay super babies um you may not know this
0: but uh in the legal profession when a lawyer asks to approach the bench it's not because they have um something they need to discuss with judges because they become emotionally overwhelmed and need to cry
1: uh yes please please approach the bench the phone rang at Don's house and rang again and rang and rang and rang and rang And then, guess who answered it? Carol. Oh, that was perfect. Carol was just like one of us. If she picked me up at the hospital, Mr. Schaefer might never even know about the accident. Hi, Carol, I said. It's Stacy. When I told her where I was and what happened, she told me she and Don would be there as fast as they could. Mr. Schaefer had taken Jeff out for a while. I sat in the waiting room of the hospital, feeling incredibly lucky. And then Dawn and Carol walked through the big double doors. I ran to them. Dawn hugged me. Carol hugged me too. This is a beautiful (sighs) moment between Carol and Stacy and Dawn after Stacy's car accident.
0: My approach to bench moment is also about Carol. And I don't, like I found myself surprised that I got teared up because I didn't like I was kind of with the babysitters and I didn't love Carol early on. She's like way trying too hard to be cool. Yeah. But the following thing happens and it's beautiful. It's right at the end. Dawn said, "Dad."
1: Dong, I said. Okay. No, Dawn said, "Dad." Oh, Dawn. Her own father doesn't know her name. Well, he said Dawn. But she thought he said dong. Oh, are you saying dong? No,
0: I'm saying dong. Okay, so this is going to be difficult to explain. The dad says dawn because the- she's talking to him. Right. On the phone, I think. Right, right. But she thinks that he said dong. And then what are you saying? I'm saying, well, I'm saying both. I'm saying two different things. The dad says dawn. Okay. And then she thinks, but she hears dong. Right. And like, so she's like, like a
1: penis. Like, well, just dong. And right. she says, Dong? And he says, no, duon. Oh, she doesn't understand her own name. Right. And you're saying dong? I
0: was saying duon, and then I said dong. Okay.
1: I'm gonna skip that part. Yeah. Let's let's breeze past that. Okay, good.
0: Just thinking, I replied. I wanna say this right. I paused again. At last I said I didn't know Carol too well before. I mean, I've met her, but, you know, this vacation is the most time I've spent with her. And at first, I didn't like her too much. She drove Mal and Jesse to that beauty museum, and she talked to Claudia about Terry. It was like she was trying to be one of us. And she isn't. She's an adult. My friends and I are grown up, and we're responsible and everything, but we're not adults like you and Carol. So then, you know what? Since Carol had seemed so young, Stacy and I really thought she would keep the car accident a secret. When she said she wouldn't, I was mad. Until I heard what she had to say when we were talking with you. I was... I felt... I don't know exactly. Did you feel respect for her? (laughs) Asked Dad gently. I guess so, I replied. Dad, if you want to marry Carol... I think it would be okay with me. I really do. Besides, it's your decision. Dad got up from the table, came around to my side, and gave me a hug. Neither of us said a word. I think that's beautiful. So powerful. It's giving Jack permission to marry Carol. So powerful. Who's, like,
1: younger than we are. Don't, let's not talk about it. Okay. Younger than you are.
0: Younger than you are probably, too.
1: So powerful, almost as powerful as that Great Lake we call the Pacific. Jack. Yep. Epithets, the condor. Every
0: week, Superbabies, Ann gives us an epithet that she wants us to call her. We normally talk about it up front, but we forgot. Here's the passage that you caught that I also caught. Here's what we went on, a gigantic roller coaster called the Colossus, Freefall, which makes you feel weightless, Ninja, the most incredible roller coaster I've ever been on, Revolution, on which you make a complete circle, and finally, Condor. Now the Condor is really something, it raises you way up in the air, spins you around, and you keep spinning until you touch the ground again, which Tanner is a perfect description of what happens when I read... A Babysitter's Club super special. Exactly what I was going to
1: say. Yeah. Anne has so elegantly captured my exact sensation Yeah, each week when I read one of these books. Anne, the yeah. Condor, Martin. There yeah. it is. Can epithets replace old epithets? Because I don't know how Condor fits into the lineup. I'll make it work. Okay.
0: <laughs> Tanner, let's leave.
1: Uh, I'm ready to leave. I'll okay. leave. I'm gonna Super leave. Super
0: babies, please rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts.
1: Or don't. I don't care.
0: No, do, and I do care, and please do it. And if you've been listening for a long time and you haven't done it, please take a moment to do it because we're kind of <laughs> somewhere in the middle of those rankings in a way that is not my favorite.
1: Check out the merch, bit.ly slash merch. Most of it is designed by Baby B John at Voxa on Twitter. The holidays are right around the corner. There's no better gift to get for the loved ones in your life than bscc merch probably is a lot of better gifts but this week maybe if they're a fan of the show Tanner, you're not helping super i'm not doing a good job tonight am i terrible (laughs) don't bother rating or reviewing and don't get the merch if you don't want it
0: it's you're basically
1: i said get the merch get the fucking merch get it it's Uh, very good remind me Jack. How yeah. are you enjoying your new um, Prezioso basketball shirt and your new uh, Ghostwriter shirt? Remind a, me how right. you're enjoying them. I
0: love them. I love them. I wear them. Every and
1: your day. new Goliath tote. How I, are you enjoying all three of those things I, that you, you you've I ordered? I use my and Goliath
0: received. tote to carry the. F- I didn't get the merch yet. I got it. Here's why I didn't get the merch. I was like, shouldn't I get the merch for free?
1: <laughs> no, you pay for it. The re- like the but rest. I, of I
0: I pay for it for like the rest of us. And like you were going to, for your loved ones, this holiday season, Super Babies, this week we read a novel that was called Babysitter's Club Super Special Number 5, California
1: Girls. Next week... They're undeniable. And- Fine. Fresh. Fierce. They've got it on lock. Zucchini bikinis. I wish we all could be California girls.
0: Oh, God. I wish we could all be California girls.
1: Next week...
0: We're going to be reading a little novel called Babysitter's Super Special, number six. New York!
1: New York! Do they win the lottery again? (laughs) They win the lottery again, and they come and visit me in New York. This novel's going to be so ripe with references that I understand, as a New Yorker, they're all going to be lost on you and Austinite. Maybe maybe they'll visit Austin in an upcoming Super Special. Maybe they'll win the lottery a third time. Babysitter Texas.
0: <laughs> Tanner, super babies. I want to end this episode with an admonition okay. and a piece of advice. Okay. Have fun and be careful. Okay. And the piece of advice? That was it. Oh, okay. And the admonition? I can't, We're not supposed to be talking. I said the end of the thing. Have fun and be careful. Do you want me to say Claudia's wearing a bra now?
1: I don't want you to say anything you're not comfortable saying.
0: Okay, now, now here we are. What are we? Have
1: fun thinking? and be careful.
0: No, but say it in a way that ends the show.
1: Have fun and be careful,
0: baby nation. Seriously, fucking have fun and be, do be careful. We demand it. Please have fun and please, but also be careful. You can do a really good uh, Jimmy Stewart and Vertigo. You hear oh, I'm,
1: I'm certain you can. Freddie. Um I've got vertigo. I'm
0: I'm afraid of height. I've got vertigo. Uh,
1: <laughs> I was expecting it to be so much better. I'm afraid of height. I don't know why I was expecting <laughs> it to be so much better, but it was so bad. That's what he sounds like. I'm afraid of height. He kind of swallows the ends of his words. It's so bad.
0: I've got vertigo. (laughs) Uh,
1: I'm afraid of heights. Uh, It's a wonderful life. Good. You're doing a great job. (laughs) Rear window. (laughs) I'm afraid of heights. Hitchcock film, <laughs> which I, Jimmy Stewart.
0: No, yours is bad. Mine, mine is good. Is good. No.
1: Mine is better than yours. Mine is very good.
0: That was a headgum podcast.